I once took care of a dying dog who bounced back, at least for a little while. I was in my early 30s and completely derailed by a divorce. So I was moving to Toronto and I called an auntie who knew someone there, who knew someone, who knew someone, who arranged for a house-sitting gig for me in a neighborhood called The Beaches. And this was a gift from the gods of divorce because this house was right on the beach of Lake Ontario and it was filled with sunlight and art and books and all I had to do was take care of the house and a geriatric Wheaton Terrier named Toby. Now, Toby was a mid-sized model, dirty white and smart as a spoon, but <laughs> I welcomed the responsibility because I thought he might be a replacement for the dog that I had lost in the divorce. And I had also lost a husband in the divorce, and I want to tell you a couple of things about him. Rick is big-hearted, he's a strong flavor, and he always, always, always wore a black leather jacket, which might seem like a trivial sartorial detail, but it will loom large later on. And Rick spoke like nobody I had ever met before. I fell in love with the way he spoke. I was raised just north of here in Bellingham, which is a place where you can actually die from an overdose of sincerity. And my, <laughs> my family is much the same way. We are earnest, matter-of-fact people without color in our language. And then I met Rick, who is a self-described bohunk from buttfuck Alberta and he has a really tall friend whom he called that long streak of misery and a passerby might have a face like a can of crushed assholes and Rick Rick swore all the time he knows every single cuss word you know and then some and he would string them together in a sentence like dirty pearls on a necklace but the crowning jewel of his vocabulary was fuck. And he would use this word once or twice in every sentence that came out of his mouth. He would use it as a noun, as a verb, as an adjective, though never fuckingly as an adverb. And <laughs> never for its intended sexual meaning. Rick and I wouldn't fuck, we would stup or hammer slide or, <laughs> or make love. Um, and, I didn't know that we could do any of these things without being married, so we got married. And then seven years later, we got divorced. Another story, another time. And I moved to Toronto to look for work as a music video and commercial director, which meant I spent endless meetings showing my director's reel and being told that there was already a female director somewhere, so no. <laughs> and I missed Rick tremendously. So I bought myself a black leather jacket, a cheap knockoff of his. It was several sizes too big, and I wore it all the time. And I started swearing all the time. And I realized that I was trying to recreate Rick in my own person as I wandered like a fuckstick looking for, you know, in my leather fucking jacket, looking for a motherfucking purpose or at least a gig. And every day, like a sad cunt, I'd go home to the beaches to take care of Toby the geriatric Wheaton Terrier. Now, 
The house that Toby and I lived in was all white, white outside and in, the walls, the shag carpet. Toby was white by some quirk of depression. I was eating only white foods, popcorn, <laughs> bananas, milk. It was as if divorce had leached all the color from my life, and my life was just a big blank, all white except for the fact that geriatric Wheaton Terriers can have digestive issues. <laughs> so Toby was always throwing up on the white carpet and having dog diarrhea all over the white carpet. And I was always snapping on my yellow latex gloves and scrubbing, trying to keep the white carpet white. And these liquid messes intensified to the point where I had to take Toby to a vet who put him on special pills and a special diet. And Toby became my organizing principle. I structured my days around feeding him, pilling him, cleaning up after him, and taking him for walks, because believe it or not, he was still frisky. So every morning and every evening, Toby and I would go down to the shore of Lake Ontario, and we would walk, and we would listen to the waves come in, and little by little, mess by mess, walk by walk, Toby started to get better, and so did I. Toby's people returned after a few months, and they were thrilled to see him. Toby died shortly thereafter. I moved to Montreal. Rick and I became friends. I gave my black leather jacket to Goodwill, and I hardly ever swear anymore. <laughs> um, I didn't bounce. It was a slog. But I did get back to myself, thanks in part to Toby. Thank you.